FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. That's right, you are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and my name is Lyle, and your name is... Lawson. <laughs> I guess. Anyways, no, we've got Monica in the studio this morning, filling in for Lyle as he's away, and we are so grateful to have you here, Monica. In fact, I'm grateful for you. I'm really sorry. It's actually my fault Lyle's not here. Why? <laughs> because I got sick, and then I went and visited the South Wales, <laughs> and then I and- got them sick. Oh. And I, I feel really bad because I'm like so disparaging of people who don't stay home when they're sick, and then I went and did it myself. Monica's like I'm the sorry, biggest germaphobe I know. Like we're talking about a serial uh, hand sanitizer user. Like I'm uh, all for using hand sanitizer, but I, we're talking about someone who, well, maybe this is kind of gross. As I'm trying to say, I'm like, one time I asked Monica if I could borrow her nail clippers and she was like, no way, that's disgusting. That is disgusting. Yeah, see, so like, this is, Monica's like the biggest germaphobe I know and then she's out here just, just spreading it. Spreading spread. Just well, having actually, a party. I know this sounds crazy, but I thought I had COVID and I was like, oh, the South was just recovered from COVID so they won't catch it from me. <laughs> So I turned up. Turns out I didn't have COVID. Whatever it was that I had, I'm pretty sure I gave it to them. So wow. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but we're happy to have you. Oh, yeah, but I'm sorry I've robbed everyone of Lyle and his no, sweet dulcet tones. Robbed us of Lyle, man. We upgraded. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Put that on the highlights reel. <laughs> no, we, of course we love Lyle. I just love I just love you know giving it to Lyle when better, he I can't know. defend himself. <laughs> like 100%. Like I'm we're, so telling we're, 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 nice. And he's probably not even listening. He's probably asleep. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, coming up in today's show, we're actually going to be seeing some comments made from a Russian TV host essentially uh, condemning one of the foreign ministers in the UK to hell. Ooh. (laughs) To hell. We're also going to be talking about some other things going on in the church in the UK, specifically a church in Manchester who has been banned from hiring any venue. So stay tuned for that. And right now we have Daly and Vincent with My Saviour Walks With Me Today. Sometimes in my life I get so discouraged that struggles of life press me sore. Then down on my knees I call on my dear Savior for comfort though billows may roar. I've no thought of turning around, for I know I'm heavenward bound. Though straight is the gate and narrow the way, Savior walks with me today. I know there are times when I falter and stumble from the trials, temptations, and strife. But I've anchored my soul in the rock of salvation Blessed Jesus, the Savior of life I've no thought of turning around For I know I'm heavenward bound Though straight is the gate and narrow the way My Savior walks with me today
Savior walks with me today. Though straight is the gate and narrow the way, my Savior walks with me today. That was Daly and Vincent with My Savior Walks With Me Today. You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. It is currently around 7 o'clock in the morning, a little bit after 7.10. It looks like it's going to be an amazing sunny day here in Newcastle. And we are going to have our first clue for the quiz. Monica, are you there with us? Sure am, Shazam. I thought I deleted all the breakfast show notes for a second there off the iPad. but a c- a Classic move. Found them. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, how many... Is this criminals? Is that the first one I'm doing? How many criminals were crucified with Jesus at Golgotha? Oh, this is a very famous story. Mm. If you know the answer, 0491064669 is the number to call or text. And our prize for this week, as you guys know, as you've been listening along, is the amazing food as medicine and a taste as food as medicine. We've got some people who have been like... Just hitting every single question, getting every single one correct. There's a there's someone so far who has 15 entries, and it might be 16 now, wow. into the quiz already. And we wanted to remind you guys, so we said that we would be drawing the quiz today. Mm-hmm. We lied. No, we didn't lie. Just <laughs> plans change. We're actually going to be drawing the quiz tomorrow because we have the amazing Monica who is going to be helping out with radio as Lyle and I are away for AYC. So, yeah, that book... Food is Medicine by Sue Rad is going to be drawn tomorrow. But again, hey, can you read that question for us? How many criminals were crucified with Jesus at Golgotha? 0491-064-669. It's also the same number to call or text if you have a question for later on in the show when we do question of the day. Yeah. Hey, send us in some really hard ones to stump Lawson while Lyle's away. You know, put Lawson yeah, back sure. in his place. Nah, go for it. Go for it. Send <laughs> in the difficult questions. 91064669. Any questions you got, send them in. <laughs> As you said, I was like... I'm like, yeah, we upgrade. I'm like joking, and then you're like, that's gonna be on the highlight reel, and I can't wait to hear it. I'm like, I'm like, play that ad, please. Uh, but hey, let's have a look at what's happening in positively different news this morning. Oh, Lawson. Okay, the positive news today is that science is finally catching up with my childhood genius. <laughs> what? I had this idea as a kid on how to like fix invasive species problems uh-huh. and they're finally actually coming around to doing it. And I was mm. like, I thought of that as a child. Mm-hmm. So basically, right, what you do is anytime there's like an invasive species, you just figure out a way to monetize use of that species and then capitalism will do its thing. So like, for example, huh. figure out a way to use, like we have cane toad problem in, in Queensland, right? Figure out a way you can use cane toads in some sort of like good or a service and then people will naturally want to buy it and spend money on it and then you'll have like a demand for it and then mm-hmm. you can use them all up. The problem with the only problem with my idea was that once you've used them all up, we have to stop using them so we don't actually start mm. farming them because we don't want to do that either. Yeah. But they've actually started doing this. This is so cool. Um, over in uh, well, actually, a, a huge section of our planet, unfortunately, because uh, I'm talking about the ex- the spectacular lionfish. You've seen a lionfish, right? It's just incredible. Yeah, to look yeah, at. yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a, an exotic aquarium staple, so to speak. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, it is an invasive species, and it actually is catastrophic oh. for Atlantic and Caribbean ecosystems. Really? Yeah. 
<laughs> you sound so sarcastic right no, now. No, I'm serious. I'm like, that's like the prettiest fish ever. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, it's it's just it's um it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Just thousands and thousands of kilometers of reefs, oh, like off the coast of Florida, like they become barren, lifeless because the lionfish just there. It's invasive. It doesn't have like a natural predator, and so it just takes over and it ruins everything. And there's millions of lionfish um, out in these in these areas, uh, but they've actually decided to um, there's a company started up called Inversa Leathers. Mm-hmm. And they started to harvest these fish every day to make equally spectacular leather for fashion products. So this is actually really cool. Um, as a scuba diver, an avid scuba diver, his name is Arav Chavden. He's an engineer as well as a scuba diver. And, uh, and he was noticing that his favorite reefs to dive were becoming just gray and dead, basically, mm-hmm. because of the lionfish. And so he decided with his childhood friend that they were going to use my idea that I had, and, um, <laughs> and <laughs> my idea, my idea, uh-huh. and uh, and they were going to launch um, Inversa Leathers um, as a way of getting rid of these fish, uh-huh. and it's starting to work. Uh-huh. Um, so they've been buying the fish off fishermen because uh, when the fishermen fish the region, they naturally just accidentally pick up some lionfish, mm. and um, and. And there wasn't really a demand for them at all, per se. Mm. Uh, but they now ship these lionfish to a tanning facility in Ohio. Uh, they sell all the meat to local uh, restaurants in Tampa. Probably not a good idea to eat them, folks. Um, <laughs> but the, le- the leather is put through a 60-step tanning process and sold to a variety of designers, including Italian shoe brands. Um, Teton Leather Company, which would be nothing to you, but it is a, a parent company for a lot of different brands. And uh, at the moment, lionfish leather is unfortunately priced like for celebrities more than mm-hmm. for regular people, and hopefully that'll change. Um, because quite frankly, like I'm a vegetarian slash sometimes vegan, and um, and I do like I I like wearing leather, but I don't like the idea of something having to die for it. Sure, but I don't mind multitasking a carcass, so to speak. Like mm. if the animal is already dead. I don't mind at all using the leather from that. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's not really like an, uh, an ethical issue. Whereas this kind of leather, I'd be like very happy to slap somebody down on buying lionfish leather because, you know. Because it's the result of killing exactly. an invasive species right. that needs to be reduced. It needs to be eradicated, yeah, not just reduced. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's killing off entire ecosystems. Wow. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to afford some lionfish leather. Uh, um, is it really that expensive? Yeah, apparently it's like, wow, cha-ching. wow, yeah. yeah. I, I so this process of tanning that they go through is it to like drown out the color of the lionfish? I don't really know. I, I, I um, it doesn't go into the because the I'm like process. I kind of want to look like a lionfish because they're all <laughs> stripy and you want me to tan your hide? Lawson? No, 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 no. It's no. <laughs> weird. No, no. Like imagine like a lionfish jacket. You know? Yeah, I, I reckon the the process is probably done in order to make it wearable. Okay. Because if you think of the skin of a fish, yeah. it doesn't really speak of cloth because it has to be quite durable and that's then quite right. flexible mm. it must go through a process where it's made mm. so you can actually wear it and it's, it's lasting well interesting like this whole concept of kind of monetizing pests so we've done that with kangaroos and now yeah. lots of people eat kangaroo meat and i am definitely not a proponent of that i'm like it's probably one of the 
worse of meats you can eat, um, just in general, like health wise, and also you just you just probably shouldn't eat it. You should, like it's I'm not dog food, in my opinion. Yeah, that's right. But kangaroo leather is actually amazing. Oh yeah, because it's really really lightweight. It's is like, it affordable? It, but that's that it's oh, like it's kind of expensive. But what's made it more expensive is that the United States has come out. This is a story that Log covered last year. The United States come out with legislation to protect kangaroos. By, the U.S. By the U.S. was like <laughs> was like no, like we need to protect kangaroos by and we're not going to import the leather and all this stuff. But then Australia is like, but 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 kangaroos are a pest. Like. We, we need to kill them. Like, why wouldn't you take the leather? What's wrong with you? And so, and so, like, totally, when it comes to, like, leather from a kangaroo, which is actually very high quality, in fact, when it comes to sports leathers, like, mm-hmm. particularly I know for myself as a motorbike racer, like, the top-end racing suits, like, all the suits are made out of leather, and the top-end stuff is made out of kangaroo because wow. it's so light. Unfortunately, because it's so light, it's a little bit less durable. Okay, so you yeah. have one crash in a kangaroo leather suit, and it's like chuck it like oh, it's you, uh-huh. you, you wouldn't okay. want to use it again mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like when you're like at the top of the top end wearable. that's exactly yeah. like it's it's very um flexible as well. it's a very 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 good leather and so that's that's essentially what they're doing with lionfish and i'm i'm behind it but is it machine washable Le- <laughs> i'm really intrigued to see that you can stick lionfish leather through a washing but machine. why would you want to because <laughs> everyone wants to have machine washable fabrics these days yeah it's like just Get the get the sponge out. Get the gumption and you know. get the gumption. Yeah, that's right. You are clearly speaking like someone who's never done it before. No, no having, I, the, having the convenience of just being able to shove something in the washing machine is like the. I do my own washing, of course. I understand. I'm, but I, I wear like mostly cotton clothes. Yeah, but like, yeah, if I had something leather, then you know. Just... Have you washed your leather racing suit? Not in the well, washing you, machine. Have you would washed it by hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the gumption. Okay. <laughs> That's what I use. I'm very surprised that you, you did that. Anyway. Well, I had to. <laughs> like, Otherwise, you'd stink. It'd be gross. I just felt like your mum would be washing your leather suit and you had, like, no concept of what it takes to clean a no. leather suit. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do me like that. Come on. Oh <laughs> very God. surprised this morning. <laughs> well, good on you. But, yeah, there's um, that's a really great story coming out. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This morning, we have another clue for the quiz. What town was home to Jesse and his boys? Ooh, Jesse and his boys. Yeah. Sounds like a band. You know where Jesse's boys come from? You know where they come from? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. And if you call and text that number, and you get the answer correct. Correct, you will go in the draw to win food as medicine. That's what that's what the books. Are for. Cool. Yeah, food is medicine. Happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just blamed oh, it really. I've been, giving away, I've been giving away this book all weeks. Foods as medicine. And you can then eat tasty, healthy, amazing foods that will heal you. Again, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Get your entries in. We'll be drawing the prize tomorrow. But uh, what was that clue? One more time. Give it to us. What town was home to Jesse and his boys? There you go. Yeah, and if you're tuning in for the first time and you'd like to hear the show with the regular presenters, Lyle and Lawson, not Lawson and Mon, then check out the podcast. Oh, yeah, you can, yeah. You can do that too. Or even if you're like, a, an, a, like an absolute diehard fan of the show, you can <laughs> check out some of your old favourites and jump online and check out the podcast. Where's the podcast found? 
Uh, faithfm.com.au. Get on it. There you go. Yeah. It's right there. Or we have an app, of course, that Ooh, yeah, yeah, many yeah. people would be listening on right now. Congratulations mm. to you for moving into the 21st century. It's fantastic. Well, not 21st century. I'd say like the 2010s. Yeah. That's when the app came out. But yeah, 20, we're in 2022 right now. Mm. And, then, and then that's the time in which we use the app or the website or whatever it may be. But you can get it, get it. That's right. Yeah. But hey, let's talk about something that, you know, we've been covering lots, lots of people have been covering lots of Russian news. In fact, this week I saw that uh, all of the McDonald's in Russia have been vacated. And because McDonald's have pulled out of the country, most American companies have pulled out of Russia, whether it's Visa, MasterCard, McDonald's. I actually have an ethical dilemma about this. Maybe you can help me with it. Uh So the Russian ballet is coming to Australia next year and doing a production of Sleeping Sleeping Beauty. Uh And I want to go see it, but my best friend says, no, we can't go see it because we can't support anything Russian right now. But I'm like, but the ballerinas didn't invade invade Ukraine. Yeah, that's right. So should I or should I not? Mm. Give us a call on that. <laughs> if they're Russians in Australia. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's a touring you... touring company. Like It's it's a big question whether they're even going to make it. Uh-huh. But obviously the art sector has let them in the country. If anything, Russians need our help right now. Yeah. Like the Russian people. Mm-hmm. Like, because they are struggling, I yeah. think. Especially because, like, uh, uh, as, I, as I just mentioned, yeah, kind of all kinds of crazy things are happening in Russia. So, like, McDonald's has vacated all of their Russian locations, and now a Russian company has stepped in <gasps> and has just, like, made, made their own McDonald's. It's really funny. A McRussian? What is on that? Yeah, like, yeah essentially. It's a deep fried they're, vodka they're or like, they've, got, they've got, like, all of the original recipes, and they've just, like, scribbled out the name McDonald's with pen, like, on all the promotional material <laughs> and stuff, and it's a different company that stepped in. And they have, like, an M as a logo, but then they say actually, like when you look at the logo, it's like a circle and and two like two kind of slashes down that's kind of stylized like an M. But then they're like actually, it's two French fries and a burger, which is really funny. Wow! But um, another thing that's happening in Russia at the moment, so. Russia, a a lot of sanctions have come out against Russia from all over the world, we know. And now the UK has gone as far as sanctioning specific people and saying, like, if these people try to leave Russia, like, we're not going to let them, you know, these people, we, the UK sees them as a threat to the UK, and so we don't want anything to do with them. Now, one of the people that the UK, and specifically Liz Truss, who is the one who does these sanctions, now Liz Truss, she is the Secretary of State for Foreign and Commonwealth and Developmental Affairs in the United Kingdom, so she's one of the head honchos in terms, politically there. One of the people that she has sanctioned is the Patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church. His name is Patriarch Kirill, and he is an incredibly famous figure, like we're talking about one of the one of the m- most powerful and famous religious figures in the world. Like so, like a modern day Rasputin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, similarly to that, like we're talking about someone like you've got like Pope's number one. Russian Orthodox Church is firstly in Russia, which is a massive country, but also there's Russian Orthodox people all over the world, and they the way that Catholics subscribe to the Pope, Russian Orthodox subscribe to the dictates of Peter Kirill as the Patriarch oh, wow. of the Russian Orthodox mm-hmm. Church. But he has just been sanctioned by the UK wow. as, like, a dangerous figure. Mm-hmm. And now uh, there has been lots of backlash towards this lady, Liz Truss, from Russians because of that. And there were specific remarks made by a guy. His name is Vladimir Soloviev. Soloviev. Vladimir Soloviev. He is a famous talk show host. He's kind of like the... 
I don't know, the Oprah of Russia, and he has a program that's called A Night with Vladimir Solovyov, and he is very pro-state, and often they call him the mouthpiece of Putin because he's he's kind of like, you know, they make official press releases and everything governmentally, but he's kind of the guy of like, let's see the other side of Vladimir Putin, Uh, you know, kind of thing. I I don't know if you guys can make out that stereotype in in your head, but essentially he's the kind of relatable front of Mm -hmm. Vladimir Putin who is, yeah, very much doing his bidding in the public eye and, and making him, you know, come off as a really nice, relatable kind of dude. He gets him on the show and interviews him, and, yeah, it's on his show at night. It's like a Jimmy Fallon type. So he's in Putin's back pocket, basically. That's that's right, that's right. So this guy, uh, as a result of this decision, gets on his show, and he made some remarks that are absolutely incredible. Like, I was really really shocked by this, because I think that this highlights something that Lyle has been really talking about in regards to this war, and that's the religious nature of it. A lot of people just kind of discount it as, and I think very much so it is about, you know, NATO and land possession and all these things. But there also underneath that is this very heavy cultural and religious current that is informing this decision. Like, for example, something Lyle has has spoken about is that the Ukrainian Orthodox Church has sided with the Catholic Church over the Russian Orthodox Church, which has caused mounting tensions against Russia and Ukraine over the last couple of years, which, again, has contributed to this idea that Russia needs to invade Ukraine to protect themselves from the invading Western Europe, you know, that which, is, which has been all that this war has been about. But these remarks are really incredible. Here we go. Liz Trust, this is this is from uh, Solovivov. Liz Truss is proud that she added Patriarch Kirill to the, length, uh, to the list of sanctioned purses. How are we to understand that? She fancies herself a foreign minister, but of what? A country that has already betrayed faith because of the lust of a king they begot the Church of England? So what is so we can see what is wrong with them. And now she, imagining herself to know something, is trying to persecute the holiest patriarch? Is Liz Truss declaring a religious war against Russia? A war against all of orthodoxy then continues this poorly educated citizen this poorly educated citizen who graduated from a decent institute of learning she has such delusions of grandeur the audacity has has been unheard since times of tartars and mongols (laughs) (laughs) who does she think she is who is she she can make history only by persecuting the holiest patriarch the place for such is in hell Obviously, he concluded. So he he finishes off. He's like pointing to the camera. He's like, this is what this woman is doing to our holy patriarch. And the place for her is in hell. Wow. So this is, yeah, basically Putin's spokesperson Mm -hmm. speaking on behalf of the government Mm -hmm. and on behalf of the Orthodox Church saying that, this woman who has from the UK who has sanctioned the the UK, the UK government the, the government in the United Kingdom who has sanctioned their patriarch they go to hell. The, they, they need to calm down. That's their fate. <laughs> and and I feel like you know as as people who who live here in Australia like these words carry weight. Yeah. And I feel like the minds and the actions of of Russians of people from the UK like this is this is going to matter because they're like we need to understand like. There are many people who subscribe to this faith. And so this is, again, kind of adding to the undercurrent that we're seeing here where it's not just about land 
And it's not just about resources, but there is definitely these cultural swings, these religious swings that are taking place. And we're, we're seeing it right here playing out on media. As, as this guy said, you know, one of the biggest mouthpieces in all of Russia to the citizens, we're seeing the UK declare a religious war against Russia. Like that's that's exactly what he's saying, and and the tension that that can lead to, especially think about Russians who live in the UK. This is very 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 hectic times. Oh man, this has taken up all our time. I haven't been able to get into our other stories, but uh, yeah. Guys, let us know what you think about this. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Let us let us know what do you think about religious war and and what's taking place in the you know in Europe right now. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now we're going to have another clue for the quiz. So Monica, give it to us. What baking product was banned from Israelite homes for an entire week during Passover celebrations? Wow. Okay. Mm. Oh, getting getting deep in the kitchen. That's we're about to get. Actually, it wasn't caster sugar. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. And if you get that question correct, you will go in the draw to win our prize for this week. But again, what was that question? What baking product was banned from Israelite homes for an entire week during Passover celebrations? Awesome. Well, hey guys, right now we have an incredible interview with one I think of you our. You mean torturous interview? What do you mean? We haven't had breakfast. We're about to talk to Jeremy Dixon. No, this... I'm getting the tissues out. It's going to be saliva everywhere shortly. <laughs> no, we are super blessed to have Jeremy Dixon with us to talk all things healthy, amazing, and tasty food. So, Jeremy, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Awesome. Joining us all the way from New Zealand. Ooh. Now, what are we going to be getting into today? Well, I thought I'd talk about kind of a contentious topic in the world of healthy eating, and that is, everyone has a view on it, and that is that of fake meat. Oh, okay. This is this is a really, really fantastic topic, I think, to discuss and talk about, particularly from your perspective and expertise, because we hear all kinds of diff- different opinions about fake meat. Some saying they're good, some saying they're bad, some saying they taste good, some saying they taste bad, some saying that you should never touch them or eat them because they're just full of chemicals, some being like, oh, they're actually healthy and organic and they're better than real meat. But I think we need to need to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, so when I first started my cafes, I kind of thought, oh, people are vegetarian, they don't want to have anything to do with meat. So I kind of never really touched them. I kind of just said, nah, nah. But as I kind of, you know, over, over time, I kind of thought, well, people actually need something a bit more approachable to kind of, you know, mm. eat healthy food or, or eat vegan. And it's quite fun. It's quite different. So um, mm. I've actually kind of embraced it a bit more than I ever did originally. So we have a number of dishes in the cafe that are kind of basically fake meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you're aware there's a lot of stuff in the supermarket. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a fun uh, fun topic and a fun thing to cook with. So I've mm. kind of embraced it um, with all the good, the good and bads about it. So what has been your kind of development of this then? You've kind of given us a brief overview, but uh, again, all those questions arise, is it good for you, is it bad for you, is it good to eat, is it bad to eat? Like everyone has an opinion about it. What was your kind of journey into that? You said previously you weren't into it, but then you started to develop something or how did that go down? Yeah, so it's kind of a combination. There's a lot of products in the supermarkets, especially these days. You know, you've got Impossible Burgers, Beyond Meat. You've got Meatless This, Fake Meat This, mm. Sunfed This and everything. There's a whole lot of range of them out there. And um, and some of them are absolutely disgusting. 
Um, I'd actually say I'd actually say most of them I'd probably put in that bag, and there's a couple of standout ones that are kind of quite good. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of a big range. And, and one thing also at this point about some of them is they, some of the ones in the police supermarkets, particularly like the sausages and the burger patties, is you eat them and they just weigh you down. It's probably almost healthier totally. on some occasions to actually eat the meat. Yeah, I never thought I'd hear myself say that. Yeah, I know for a exactly. while, when I first went vegan, actually, I went vegan because I had stomach problems and I was like, okay, I'm vegan now. I'm going to, you know, eat eat vegan food, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give, you know, fake meats, you know, fake sausages, whatever, like, I'll eat that stuff. Um, but it would actually make me more sick than eating meat. Yeah. Like, I would get totally. sick from eating meat, so I became vegan, but then I'd eat fake meat, yeah. and I would be worse off. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think there's, there's a couple of ingredients. The, the difficulty in making these fake meat products mm. is sticking stuff together. Mm-hmm. So basically, you go and put some stuff in a pan and try and make a burger or something that's meaty, it'll just fall apart. It won't stick mm. to it. It has a bad texture. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of ingredients the manufacturers use to kind of stick things together. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably the first one they use a lot of is um, wheat gluten. Okay. Um, and that's, um, and I won't get into the whole talk of the whole gluten-free thing now, but you know, but wheat gluten is a very heavy, hard-to-process thing on your body. Mm. So a lot of them use wheat gluten. A lot of them don't. And one of the ones a lot of them use that don't use weak gluten and these other products. So there's, there's all these gums. You've got methyl cellulose, you've got carrageenan, and the locust gums, and all these gums and gums and gums and gums mm-hmm. to basically glue the stuff together. And it is really hard to digest. So you kind of eat them and you feel so heavy. So if you can look out for the ones that don't have all these gums all over them, um, that they're a lot easier as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, so you see all, yeah, all the gelling agents and things. So they're the kind of ones you want to avoid. Uh-huh. I have generally found the ones that are kind of um, tofu-based or soy-based are generally the better ones, mm. um, or ones that are basically chickpea protein-based um, are often quite good. So um, they're the ones to look out for. So um, some of the brands, they kind of they, they leave out those gums and they use more kind of chick, chick protein, chickpea protein and tofu are generally the ones that end up being better. But you just kind of got to try them around and try different brands and figure out which ones. Um, there's a new, the new trendy ones are like the Impossible Burgers. I think they've, they've landed in Australia. Mm. And uh, I think they're quite nice and they're gluten-free and they're probably, um, and they, they've developed a product called, um, and in normal meat, you've got this, they, you've got this kind of this, this kind of bloody, uh, the kind of this, this blood, basically it's blood in the meat which is its flavour. Mm. It gives it, uh, kind of, when it burns, it gives it a kind of a taste and a smell and a texture. Mm. Um, so they've, de- they've done a synthetic, and they found out what the blood's got in is the heme or the haemoglobin, and they've synthetically been able to reproduce that as a vegan version of haemoglobin and put it in these burgers. So you basically get that whole bleeding blood effect and that whole kind of smoky kind of blood uh, burnt kind of flavour that comes through the meat, which makes it really That's so how the manufacturer do that. Mm. Oh man, I'm gonna be honest. It doesn't sound very natural. Yeah, I know it sounds gross, but at the same time, I am a big proponent of the. I think it's the Impossible Burger. There's like, there's like burger shops around, and I actually usually get a double. Like when I when I get a burger, so yeah. I get two patties because they're like really good. But I totally know what you mean. Like, yeah, eating some of like where it's got the gums and the gels and whatnot. I think particularly the philosophy behind making back uh, fake meat a little bit earlier in the piece was yeah, just just sticking stuff together and, and using weed or gluten. Or whatever it is, and it yeah, it will just literally just make you sick. Using the word hemoglobin exactly. in referring to food seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be in a science lab with any blood or something. <laughs> now that's my life. Well, it's basically it's, it's blood. It's, it's the uric acid or the urea or the urine in the blood that gives it its flavour. So you know, oh. the meat when you look at it from that level, you kind of want to 
avoid it. So and that's, that's why we eat and bacon. And flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so we're kind of discussing, like, we see, okay, there's kind of a few different routes you can go down in terms of fake meats, and the route you kind of yeah. want to go down is looking for things that are more soy-based, chickpea-based. I want to ask the question, yeah. have you done any experimenting in terms of making your own fake meats? Yes, yes, Doc. We've got a few dishes we do um, at the cafe that are really, really popular. Oh. And probably the most one popular one is not butter chicken. Oh. So um, butter chicken is obviously a very popular dish. So, yeah. um, so and this one's Indian, really simple. Indian white person classic. Like, like if you go to India <laughs> and you're not Indian, you'll eat butter chicken. Like, that's that's exactly go to. Wow. Yeah. So in my, I think it's my first or second book. There's a, a, a butter chicken, not butter chicken. And we serve it at the cafe regularly because we change our meals every day, so we bring it on regularly. So the trick, obviously, first part is getting a nice sauce. So basically, a really nice sauce with all your herbs and spices and um, etc. and tomatoes and garlic and etc. Here's a nice sauce. That's the easy part. So what you do with tofu to make it kind of be like chicken is you use tofu. So what the trick is is to basically use frozen tofu. So tofu normally comes quite you know quite soft and silky. So what you do is you put it in the freezer for 24 hours, mm. and the, when it freezes, ice structure kind of turns it into kind of a flesh-like texture. Oh, wow. So what you do is you put a firm tofu in the, in the freezer for 24 hours at least, then you defrost it, and then you kind of rip it apart, and you get these chicken-like kind of um, fleshy kind of chunks that come off. Mm. And then you throw that in your curry, your curry mixture that's all very flavorsome, and uh, you get yourself a butter chicken. That sounds incredible. So, literally, I, dude, we could do this. Like, okay, you get a block of tofu, put it in the freezer, take yep. it out, defrost freezer. it, cut it up, or like tear it apart and chuck it. That is like the easiest thing yep. ever. Yeah, very easy. You exactly. Even you could do that, Lawson. <laughs> I'm a good cook. Come on, come on, come on. That's amazing. Okay, and I totally know what so you mean. Tofu's got a really bland. Sorry, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, so obviously tofu's got a very bland flavour, so mm-hmm. so you, you've got to you've got to have a really nice sauce to go with it, but it gives that really nice texture, and, and obviously tofu will just and because there's lots of little holes in it, it kind of soaks up all the kind of the juices of the, <sighs> the nice curry um, recipe you've made as well. So it's a really nice way of getting that texture into a really nice uh, curry. Yeah, I've I've been blessed to hear about freezing tofu and how that is amazing. And I I do it actually not in uh, in Indian curries, but when I make like Chinese or Japanese curries, particularly like golden curry or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'll freeze the tofu up night before and then pull it out and defrost it because it'll like it'll be like you got piece of chicken in there. Also, I've actually done that before. For I've put tofu on pizza, and if you freeze it up, yep. it's like basically a chicken pizza. All you have to do is put chicken stock yep. on it. It's crazy. Yeah. I know that you just said that tofu is kind of bland, but I feel like that's tofu's superpower. You can make it taste like anything. It's a blank exactly. slate. And if you use, like, we do, like, a, a Big Bang stock powder in the cafe, which is, like, a mixture of a few herbs and spices and mm. flaked yeast and salt, etc. if you kind of just sprinkle that over a bit of that tofu, that kind of is quite chickeny as well. So it's kind yeah. of, get, like, a chicken-style vegan stock powder or something works really well with it, too. Man, I am. Mon, amazing. Mon was right. We are hungry. I'm and I'm getting hungrier <laughs> by the second just listening to you. But this is this is fantastic. What what is it? So you've told us vegan butter chicken. What are some other recipes that you've got going? Like what's so some other? Of, we do a few kind of mincey things, like yeah. even like a mint sauce or a mint, like in a, in a lasagna or that type of thing, mm. uh, or in a wrap even. Um, and one of the one of the coolest products, actually an old product, been around for years, is a product called TVP. 
or textured vegetable protein mm-hmm. um, or soy pro- whatever. It's kind of a little kind of um, it kind of looks like dare I say this cat food. It's kind of like little wee kind of um, kind of little wee small tiny nuggets of um, dried up soy protein, effectively. Uh-huh. And what you do, you put a have a good. What? <laughs> what else cute are you saying? Cat kibble was delicious to a five year old. Okay, please. Yeah, sorry, go on, go on. Please go on. never say that again. Okay, uh, we're, we're talking about good. Jim didn't grow a tail, did you? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> go on, sorry. Yes, yeah, so basically, you get, get a cup of this TVP and then you mix it with a blend it with a cup of boiling water. Mm-hmm. And you see it sit for five minutes and it kind of hydrates. You've kind of got this really flaky, mincy kind of texture. Mm. And again, you just throw that in a pan with some onions, some tomatoes, or a chipotle sauce or something like that. And just and you can really make it like a really nice mincy kind of dish mm. that you can use as a um, as, yeah, as mince on on toast or in a, in a lasagna or, or even just by itself with a meal or something. It's quite a nice, very easy, very quick thing to do. And that gives you that kind of that mince. And again, it's just soy, so it's not super... I mean, it's a little bit processed, but on the processed scale, it's pretty low. Mm. And I find that a very quick thing to do as well. And you can kind of get dark TVP and light TVP. So obviously, your light TVP, you probably use more of like chicken kind of a... So you might put more of a chicken stock flavor with it, whereas your dark one, you might put more of a soy saucy, tomato, mincy kind of... Mm. Kind of more of a beef mince side of things. So TVP is quite a fun... Um, a fun product on hand in the pantry. And, and it's just literally five minutes and you've got it. You just throw it in the pan. And again, you're going to throw some flavours on it to, um, to need to work harder than meat, but throw some flavours and some nice curries or sauces or whatever, and you've got yourself a really cool mint. I'm literally sitting here mouth wide open. Like, this is, this <laughs> he is. is, this is incredible. Oh, okay. So, so we've got, okay, we've got the, the fake chicken covered. We've got the fake mince covered. I know that uh, a thing, that a lot of... Cause, I feel like when it comes to white meats, it's kind of easy to make that transition from tofu. Yep, yep. But, you know, we've talked about mince, which is an application of red meat, but is is it possible? Have you have you seen any have you have you made any good strides or steps into getting red meat down? No, that's my that's my plan this year. So I'm working on a few recipes this year for my next cookbook. I kind of want to delve into some of these things. So there's a lot of cookbooks around with these these recipes that are very complicated. Mm. I mean, some YouTube stuff, and you watch some of these guys, and they're like, you know, five day recipes. By the time you soak things, leave them, <laughs> squeeze it, blend it, do whatever. So I'm trying to, I'm so trying to, you know, trying to kind of try and craft some good burger and some good sausage recipes that are going to be just um, a little less taxing. You know, you get some ingredients, put them together in five minutes. Like, so that's kind of my wow. my goal this year is to kind of simplify and um, be decomplexify that whole kind of, um, yeah, use the healthy, healthy vegan, ingredient, vegan ingredients and get something that's going to gonna work. So haven't solved it yet, but I'm working on it very hard. I am very interested to see how you go with that. I will be staying very tuned. And I'm very impressed yeah. with myself for finally finding a, a an area of vegan cooking that you're yet to delve into. No the, <laughs> vegan cooking is endless. Like you could never get bored. And speaking of bored, I just yeah. want to say, people who are like, oh, tofu's boring or TVP's boring, do you know what? Your food is as boring as you are. <laughs> you just haven't figured yeah. out how to make it delicious yet. That's on you, not on it. <laughs> and one more thing to share, the one that's really cool, I don't know if you ever made vegan salmon. <gasps> oh, wow. Well, I, was, I was hoping you'd touch on fish because I've had some really good yep. vegan fish made out of like, yeah, I think I had one made out of tomatoes at one point. I could not tell oh, really? the difference. I had smoked salmon 
And I kid you not, like everything from like the stinky breath and the smell on my fingers afterwards, just identical. I was gobsmacked. Oh wow, wow! So uh, to make to make like a salmon type thing, it's a, re- a really cool shortcut. It's in my cookbook, Seven, I think. Uh, so basically, what you do is you peel carrot mm. really thinly, and then you mix it with olive oil, smoked paprika, um, and basically you just kind of roast it, and it kind of you know, salmon kind of folds around. It's kind of like your kind of smoke salmon, so it's a really good way of doing that, and you can serve it on bread or kind of crackers or something. So basically, mm. roasted carrot, thinly sliced roasted carrot. With smoke preset, smoke preset, olive oil, a little bit of salt. Ooh, I might try that one today, actually. That one sounds amazing. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's quite, it's probably not 100% realistic, but it's quite fun. And, you know, throw it in a cracker and uh, people might not know the difference. Oh, Jeremy, we have appreciated your presence on the show this morning, and this is one that people are definitely going to be getting on the podcast to re-listen to, to glean some tips from, or we'd like to remind you guys as well, you can head on down to a few different uh, yeah, different shops and whatnot to pick up Jeremy's cookbooks. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.